Hello and welcome to Keanu Club, like a cool breeze over the mountains. This is episode 67. It's a little bit of a weird one. It's a super episode, sort of. We're talking about Keanu, Anyone Can Quantum, and Quantum is Calling, all from 2016. I'm Joey Lewandowski. And I'm Mike Manzi. And with us today, we have Jess Collins. Hi, Jess. Hey, hey. So you originally had signed up for these Quantum episodes, and we had them sort of separated out. Because I think you'd seen these before, right? I saw them the day they came out. And you love them. I love them. I've seen them at least 15 times a piece. Wow. When did these come out? One came out about a year ago, and the one was about six months ago. Does that sound right? Yes. Something well, like that. I think one of them came out in January of 2016. Okay. The first and then the, the second one came out like six months after that, I think. Or maybe a little yeah, bit yeah. after. Yeah. Yeah. I had never seen either of the shorts. I'd seen the movie. We'll talk about each individually. But as we were sort of pushing toward the end of Keanu Club and skipping things, we decided that instead of skipping these, we were going to combine them. And I had no idea how fortuitous it was that we combined all these because they're all similar in that if you've seen a lot of Keanu movies, or at least seen the big Keanu movies, you're going to like these three things, or at least the references to a lot of the things, more than people who haven't. So I think it's it's perfectly fitting that all three of these are together in one episode because they're all Keanu referential bits of joy. Yeah, and they're all kind of short Keanu moments as well. Like yeah. he, the film is called Keanu, uh, but he himself <laughs> isn't in it very much. You know, he's in a very short moment of that. So it would have been a little weird to have a full episode on Keanu. And then these these quantum segments are only about ten minutes each. So right. again, those I think were going to be combined anyway. So to do all three just felt like a good fit. And we really can't do Keanu Club without doing the movie Keanu because like. I don't know how you'd skip that. I mean, he's barely in it, but it's like they sort of did that the reason that we're doing this because they like Keanu. Like that's, you know. Right. Yeah. Like it feels like them being lifelong fans of Keanu. And if you are fans of Keanu, them naming the cat Keanu instantly, there's a connection <laughs> so, that you get. Mike, have you seen any of these before or no? No. They're all new to me. I didn't know about the shorts until we were researching this stuff. Okay. And, and I held off on watching those. And then, you know, I, I, of course, I knew about Keanu. Uh, I missed it in theaters because I think we had started Keanu Club at that point. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to sacrifice the theatrical viewing. And Yeah, I'm we gonna, had. We definitely had. Yeah. And I'm going to wait. And then it came out on home video. And I was like, I'm still going to wait. And then it came out on HBO. I was like changing the channel every time it was on. <laughs> so I really, you know, held off on this one up until this viewing. It came out in, I want to say like May or June. Jess, had you seen the movie yet or no, or was this the first time? Uh, this was actually the first time I'd seen it, although I had really wanted to see it before. For some reason, it just kept getting pushed down on my list. Gotcha. Well, I'm glad that we can make your dream come true for Keanu yes, Club. Yes. So this, I think, came out like May or June of last year, which means we would have been in that dreaded high school phase of Keanu's. Because I remember, so my barometer for measuring this is that I moved from Austin back to New Jersey, and the first episode we recorded when we moved back was Point Break. So Keanu was definitely out before that. So we were still in the before Keanu really broke out phase. So it was all the TV series and shorts and stuff. So like we were in the heart of Keanu Club, but not really into the big stuff. And so I think we should talk about the movie first. The movie this time worked a lot better for me, not only because I'd seen everything, like, you know, I got the Bill and Ted jokes, also because I love the fact that Method Man plays a guy named Cheddar in this after he plays Cheese on the Wire, which I just finished. And also the third thing, the most important thing, 
I want to know what both of you think about the movie. When I saw this in theaters, I liked it, but I didn't love it. And I was just like, this could, it felt like it could have been better. It felt kind of slow. I think I just had really high expectations of it. And this time, I just sort of, I knew what kind of movie it was, and I enjoyed it way, way more. Like, it felt quicker. I liked the jokes more. I don't know what it was about the second time, but I don't think it was just like the, the investment in Keanu. I just think that I liked the movie more with lower expectations. I'm a big Key and Peele fan anyway, so I was super hyped to see this movie, and when I watched it last night, it met all of my expectations. I was laughing hysterically in my <laughs> living room by myself. Uh, yeah, and I'm also a huge Key and Peele fan, but I must admit, I had heard, you know, not to get my hopes up, to be quite honest. Like, that's sort of the buzz I got, is that people just seemed a little disappointed that it didn't deliver more, and... I, I like it, I do, but I also felt like maybe there are parts here that they could have pushed a little further, and other times I feel like maybe the main plot is a little too safe. Like, I've seen a lot of this before, and I I guess I just expected a little more from, from Key and Peele, but I understand it's it's really hard to keep up the momentum of something like this for, you know, 100 minutes, and I feel like they did a really successful job with their first movie, you know, which this is. I feel like it got a little away from the premise of the cat. I thought the cat was going to be a little more central throughout, and it kind of goes into this gang-banging subplot um, in order to get the cat back, which I did enjoy still, but again, that's sort of the stuff that seemed more familiar. But overall, I, I was I was pleased. So I looked up trivia about this movie because I thought I remembered reading back when this movie came out, a thing that I couldn't find this time. So I don't know if I made it up. I don't think it would have been something I made up, but I, I remembered reading like last year that they were considering a few different names for the cat. And they wanted to be like an iconic name, like a sort of like a one word name that specifically targeted one. I think they were only talking about like actors, but something like, you know, like Arnold or something like, you know, like something like an iconic one name that like you specifically tie that to a single person and they landed on Keanu and then they eventually got Keanu, whatever. I couldn't find that. But what I did find was that the first few versions of this script didn't have the cat at all. So I think that's kind of why the cat thread sort of gets lost in the middle. And then everybody's just like, oh, I want that cat. I love that cat. Uh, because the original, it was just, what was it originally called? Let me see here. It was originally called Real Hard Motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe I forgot that. So it was originally called that. And like, they added the cat in because they just like, it was basically about two guys trying to get what they wanted. You know, it's sort of the same thing. They're just two, you know, mild mannered guys who sort of get thrown into this life of crime and sort of have to be like, you know, thug out and like get gangster and like get real hard to sort of make it through this world and through this weekend or whatever. And then Alex Rubens, the guy who co-wrote it, Alex Rubens, he co-wrote it with Jordan Peele, said, you know, this might sound stupid, but what if Rel is trying to rescue his stolen kitten? And then that's what Jordan Peele said. And he's just like, I thought it was perfect. So they went from there. So it was just like this idea to fit it in after the fact. So I think that's why it sort of goes away. And I think I agree with you that the first time I saw it, I thought the cat was going to be like in every scene and sort of like, you know, kind of like a mismatched buddy duo, you know, like the two of them and him or a trio or whatever. But the fact that I knew that that wasn't the case, I was able to enjoy the detours to like Anna Faris's house and where they just like, it's just madness or like the George Michael scene. All these things are just, when you know what kind of movie it is and don't expect it to be more than it is, I really genuinely love it. 
Yeah, when I realized that they were sort of going to get into running gags and we're going to get scenes sort of right out of Key and Peele almost out of their show at times, it feels like when they're going around and they're like introducing each other to the gang and tell me, you know, two things about yourself, you know, and then like the wall flip and all that kind of thing. So I wasn't upset so much that when they were diverting from the cat stuff, that it was kind of a surprise that it was a bit of these soft guys trying to have like a guy's weekend and then actually having to man up and become like harder and more I guess stereotypical right like <laughs> they're almost I almost feel at times like like Key and Peel, like our stand-ins for white America at times and there's like lots of comments yeah. about that going on throughout so I was enjoying the fact that they were able to sort of lace this with commentary also and uh, I laughed as much during those times as I was during like just the the randomness of the Anna Ferris scene at the very beginning, I was really excited. I was like, this is going to be like a Milo and Otis reboot. Yep. This cat's going on a super adventure. And then he was gone, but he came back and it was okay. But he was still great. And the most important thing is at the very, very end, he's got that really rare disease. He's going to be a kitten forever, which is just the cutest thing. Because this cat is adorable. It's played by seven different cats. And I'm sure there's a CG cat in there somewhere too. <laughs> Probably. But I think a lot of it, honestly, is mostly real cats. Well, that opening sequence is amazing, you know, and yeah. that, it, all, it reminded me of The Matrix, too. When Key and Peele's doppelgangers show up and they are the real gangster thug, badass. The Allentown boys. And who who are the, uh, the blips are the other ones? Like the Bloods and the Crips combined to make mm-hmm. the blips. And that is just a great sequence because, like, they're referencing The Matrix, but it's also really well shot. And then you got the cat running through the whole thing, yeah. trying to, like, dodge bullets and jump over the coke. And, and it's just, it's splendid. I, I was also expecting more of, like, that Milo and Otis, sort of the trio on the run, maybe, from, from something. But I'm, what we do get of it is really great. So I'm glad that they at least decided to inject the kitten into the movie that they had originally written. Absolutely. What I also like is that I couldn't remember how far into the movie the cat shows up, you know, that they get the cat and that the cat is named. But like less than eight minutes in, Jordan Peele shows off. He's just like, hey, I got this cat. He's named Keanu. And <laughs> Keegan's like, I'm, so- I'm sorry, Keanu? And like no reference to the actor at all. Just like, yeah, I think it means cool breeze in Hawaiian, which is, you know, why our tagline for this podcast is what it is. But I like that in this world, I mean, obviously he's like a huge movie fan because they shoot the little adorable recreations of movies. They've got movie posters on the walls. They've got like a Cloud Atlas poster somewhere, which is like a nod to the Wachowskis. But I like that in this world, he named the cat not after Keanu Reeves, but because he liked what the name meant in Hawaiian, which is like another like little nice little joke. So I, I like that. But I also liked, I did, I especially liked how quickly he shows up because, I mean, the titular Keanu is Keanu. I mean, he's got like six or seven different names in this movie. Um, everybody's sort of got a different name for him, but same cute cats the whole way through. And then I guess it's about like an hour in until the cat actually speaks. For the for for its one and only has like a little monologue in the yes. middle of the movie because you mean, um, during the drug trip yeah like that's the thing is like Key and Peel sort of get mixed up into this their cat gets stolen because their neighbor is the weed dealer right played by the last man on earth um, <laughs> McGruber yep. and Will Forte. like yeah Will Forte so Keanu gets stolen and they have to like sort of do these drug deals to get Keanu back and they're running this drug called what's it called holy shit. Holy shit. Okay, because that's what you say after you take it. And then just just one of them 
ends up doing it without knowing it, right? Yeah, uh, Keegan uh, does because he doesn't want he doesn't want to smoke a joint because he doesn't want to do yeah. drugs. He's like, no, I'm all about that pipe. And the guy's like, oh, a pipe, here you go. Right, and then he, he does that and he trips out, and and that's when we we get the actual um, Keanu. Yeah, we voice. get the we get the back to back the two best scenes in the movie where he's inserted into the Faith music video, which oh, is yes. amazing. It was so perfect. And then we hear the Matrix theme song. And we see a room that's sort of tinted with that Matrix green coloring. And it's Keanu, the actor, voicing the cat Keanu and saying, hello, Clarence, it's me, Keanu, meow. And then the whole scene is just sort of like a series of Keanu references that just kind of works perfectly. And that we're going to see in these next two shorts that we're talking about, it's just like one line after another referencing his older stuff. Hello, Clarence. It's me, Keanu. Meow. Wait, are, are you Keanu Reeves? <laughs> yeah, I'm your spirit teacher. People can't be excellent to you unless you're being excellent to yourself. What does that mean? Clarence, it's time to wake up. Where you go from there is a choice I leave to you. Oh, right. The Matrix. Dude, all you need to remember is... Oh, I get it. Yeah, I was really excited about that part of the movie. I actually got on the edge of the couch and was, like, really pumped about it. <laughs> In a super nerdy way, I was just very excited about all of the Matrix references and all of the references to all of his other films. I just got really excited about it. Yeah, I got to tell you, like, it, it hit me harder than I was expecting. <laughs> like, I was very giddy at this point. And I don't know if, I mean, like, I've obviously, like, know and loved Keanu before doing Keanu Club, but I'm not sure I would have had such an allergic reaction if we hadn't been doing Keanu Club because, like, everything out of his mouth is just, like, perfect, and it's coming out of a kitten, and Keanu's voice coming out of a kitten just kind of feels so natural, and there's just something kind of pleasant about it, and, and it was just making me very happy, uh, and that's, uh, man, I just wish he kept talking throughout the rest of the film, but it was so worth that moment, you know, it was so worth it just to have that. So originally, Keanu declined doing the movie. And then apparently when the like the movie was finalized or, you know, it was the, there was like a final cut or whatever, and they released trailers and Keanu's sister saw the trailer and thought it was really funny and said, you need to be a part of this. And so they got in touch. And so they added that second scene. Like they had this, the drug trip, I think, was just going to be the George Michael thing. And then it becomes the George Michael Keanu scene, which is great. Like just really, really good. That's a testament to modern filmmaking, too, where the film can be locked and the trailer is out and we're going to shoot this extra scene and insert it into the film because it's modern day and we have the technology to do that. And it's, it's so great. Apparently, he recorded like a lot of different lines. He didn't even know what they were going to use until he saw the movie. Like Warner Brothers wanted him to do like all these different references. And like Keegan Peel, I think, wanted to keep it sort of, I mean, obvious still, but not like, hey, it's like you're in the Matrix. And I'm like, it's just it's sort of like a little bit under the radar. You know what I mean? Like sort of make it less blatant. But he recorded a bunch and didn't know what they were going to use until he actually saw the movie. And then I think he liked it. 
you know, I doubt they will, but if they ever do a sequel, <laughs> I hope that he comes back because they did say the cat is a kitten forever. Like it's got that rare disease. Yep. It's always going to be a kitten. So, I mean, it doesn't even necessarily have to stay with Key and Peele. It could go on to like someone else and speak to it in the voice of Keanu. A little bit of foreshadowing. This kitten is a kitten forever. And I personally think that Keanu doesn't age and he's going to live forever. So, yep. And we're going to find out about that in one of the next things that we're talking about, definitely. So it, it could we could have 700 Keanu movies. I mean, we have to replace Key and Peele after a while, but we could just have Keanu voicing that kitten forever and ever and ever, which I would not be opposed to. I guess I think they were writing this and then like John Wick came out and they wanted to make sure they, they didn't want it to seem like a John Wick parody. Because instead of having, you know, a movie about like sort of underground crime and a dog featuring centrally into this it's underground crime sort of and a cat and so they want to make sure that it wasn't i don't think it does because it's, it's a very different inclusion of it it's a completely different story and everything like that it's not a tale of revenge it's sort of a tale of i guess it kind of is revenge in a way but it's a different kind of revenge mm, yeah it's more like the whole movie is like the save the cat you know like that screenwriting phrase yep. that's become super popular and and that's like what this movie is like the whole movie they have to save their cat and so i thought that was pretty sweet and you know i don't really see the john wick parallels like that movie is just way more sort of serious and brutal and the dog gets killed in that and it's all like revenge on the dog and yeah i feel like this is much more lighthearted but i could understand just you don't want maybe I don't know why you wouldn't want two Keanu movies coming out so close. I mean, Bogus Journey and Point Break, right? They came out like a week apart or something. Yep. Well, also, I mean, it, came, it came out a couple years after John Wick. John Wick was like 2014. This is 2016. I think they were just like writing this movie and they had the idea for the cat and then like they saw John Wick come out. They're like, whoa, this is like a, I don't know. Oh, I it, see. It, it, it wasn't like, yeah, releasing at the same time. It was just like, mm-hmm. oh, in a span of two years, we're going to have two Keanu animal movies kind of, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, you know what I was thinking? Like Keanu's spirit animal is mostly the dog, but he he did the cat did come up once before in Generation Um, where he owned a cat called Super Cat, and he's oh, saying that that yep. was the best part of the movie, though, it when was. he sang Super Cat for like one minute, where he's like, Super Cat, where are you? <laughs> so it was kind of, yeah, I don't really associate Keanu with the cat so much as the dog anyway, so I wouldn't have gotten uh, mixed up. Yeah, I like that. So in the in the movie, like I mentioned earlier, Rel, the Jordan Peele character, makes a calendar because his girlfriend dumps him. We never see the girlfriend, which is kind of an interesting thing. But he sort of falls in love with a cat, and it's kind of a romance between like a, a man and a cat, which is kind of adorable. But he makes a calendar with the cat recreating famous movie scenes, and two of the 12, I think they only show one in the movie, but they remake The Matrix and they remake Point Break, so a couple different Keanu movies. They also remake Boogie Nights, which for our sister podcast, PSL of Hot, Hoffman. So there's a couple different sort of Cage Club network shout-outs in the movie, which I like. They didn't do any Cage movies, though, right? I would have, that would have been cool if they snuck one in. Yeah, here are the 12 that they do. I found a thing that has them all. Let me see here. Oh, they did Keanu, the movie Keanu. They did <laughs> Seven, New Jack City, which is another one of his names. That's what Method Man calls him, New Jack. A Nightmare on Elm Street, Pee-wee's Big Adventure, Heat. Mad Max Fury Road, The Shining, Beetlejuice, The Matrix, Point Break, and Boogie Nights. I'd buy that calendar. <laughs> I would I'm surprised too. they didn't release it as sort I of know. like an online, you know, nowadays with all this shit, like you could even buy Peter Quill's awesome mixtape. So like, why can't Can you really? Buy? Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's like the soundtrack for the movie. Yeah. No, yeah. absolutely. The only other thing, oh, so the alternate title, somewhere in the world, this movie is known as Cat Boys. <laughs> <laughs> 
which I love. That's great. And I like that there is a Rocky Four shout out because I think people who I don't I'm sure we've mentioned on other podcasts, people who've listened to everything that we've done probably know that we both love Rocky Four. And Jordan Peele says, "Don't come over. I look like Apollo Creed." He's like, "Which one?" He's like, "The one where he dies." And so I love that. You know, it does. They don't say Rocky Four by name. Spoiler for Rocky Four, but. I like that that's referenced because people just love that movie. Like, I think everybody knows that's a bad movie, but people love that movie. And I like that that's referenced in lots of things. Oh, I forgot. We didn't mention one of my favorite lines in the movie when they first meet Method Man, they first meet Cheddar, and they see that he has New Jack. They see that he has Keanu. Jordan Peele's like, I want that cat. And he's like, yo, the cat's not for sale. And Jordan Peele says, everything has a price, which is just a straight up line oh, from John Wick. That's right. Which is the car. Amazing. Yeah. So I love that that, because that was a line that, you know, I'd seen John Wick once, I think, when I saw Keanu. And now I've seen it a couple times, especially, you know, a couple more times this year before that. So I was just like, oh, that's amazing. Like, that's another thing that, like, the more you love Keanu, I'm sure there's other references that I might have missed, but the more you love Keanu, the more you're going to like this movie because it's clear that they love him too, or they love his movies at least. Next up is Anyone Can Quantum, and both of these are directed by Alex Winter, which I forgot, which is Bill from Bill and Ted, which is pretty cool. He directed Keanu in Freaked, right? And then we haven't really seen him since. Uh, he did the documentary I mini-reviewed called Deep Web. Oh, right, uh, right, 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 right. Yeah, where Keanu did the narration to that. So, yeah, and Alex Winter has been doing a couple doc. He did a great Napster documentary a couple years ago, and he's working on something. Frank Zappa oh. is the thing he's working on now, I think. And supposedly also maybe working on Bill and Ted 3, so we'll see. I don't know. But Jess, what did you love about these that you've seen them both like 10 times? The fact that Keanu was in it. <laughs> <laughs> like, my favorite part of the whole thing is that it's a line in the Anyone Can Quantum when Paul Rudd's like, man, I just got this email from you. It's like 700 years in the future. And Keanu's like, yeah, probably. I don't age. And every time I hear that, I laugh so hard. I, I'm like some dumb schoolgirl. I laugh so hard when I watch these videos. It's unreal. Paul, I didn't wake you, did I? There's a role for this guy who gets his teeth kicked in. I thought you'd be perfect. Um... Hey, man, this is going to sound strange, but I think I just got an email from you from 700 years in the future. That doesn't surprise me. I don't age. Once I truly master entanglement, communication via closed, time-like curves should be straightforward. Oh, yeah, that makes total sense. Hey, man, next time you talk to future me, find out if I'm still jamming with my band Dogstar. All right, I'm hanging up now. Hanging up. I'm like Zoe Saldana in Quantum is Calling, when she, like, freaks out when she finds out that she's talking to Stephen Hawking. <laughs> yeah. Do you know, I tried to find this out and I couldn't find it out. How did these get created? Like, I know that they were made in collaboration with Caltech's Institute for Quantum Information and Matter. There was some kind of convention or something that they were doing. And so they, Stephen Hawking's involved there and Paul Rudd is involved, I think. Or they got him because of the quantum stuff in Ant-Man. But like, Jess, do you know anything like, how did this happen? You know, I don't know, but I would guess, and it's probably a stretch, the fact that the theory of everything came out and it was such a big deal and Eddie Redmayne got his award and Ant-Man came out and that just was like a really big film at the time. I think the fact that the two of them were both science related, maybe they got in on making this because Zoe Saldana, they reference her a horror character in the Quantum is Calling video. So maybe it's the fact that in this very large circle, they're all supposed to be related to science, and maybe they're trying to 
allude to that. I'm drawing a big circle with my pen right now, trying to just connect <laughs> all of this together. <laughs> I mean, I think that the one underlying thing about both of these shorts is that they're made by nerds for nerds, like with nerdy actors, like beautiful people like Paul Rudd and Zoe Saldana are both beautiful you know what I mean but like people who are like yeah I want to do a thing where like I get to meet Stephen Hawking and talk about science like it feels just like I I don't know how better to describe it than that it's like these really sort of heady lofty things combined with the aw shucks lowbrow charm of Paul Rudd and Simon Pegg a little bit you know what I mean it just feels like it's a very specific type of thing that I feel like most people wouldn't necessarily want to get involved but I feel like the people who are in this and there's probably other actors too are like oh absolutely that's something i definitely want to do i mean i would do it i'm a huge nerd yeah to me i thought this was the direct sort of tie into ant-man you know that it was part of its marketing or something and same with the second one it feels like it's part of like star trek beyond's marketing uh, but and yet it's not what it kind of seems to me is it's like a geek culture tie-in of some type where like you said like ant-man and star trek are both very sort of science-based sci-fi films and you get let's grab the actors from that and maybe we can sort of lure in the average geek and get them more interested in the science behind the fantasy that they're watching you know and then maybe we could inspire them to actually go to you know, science school and 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 get into quantum mechanics and become the next Hawking or, or, or things like that. So to me, it kind of feels somewhat like that. At first, I thought it was also like a funnier die video, which which it could it could very well pass as as well. So I just think they're really well done, though. Like for whatever they're trying to do, they're funny, they're informative, and they make me want to dive deeper into the world of quantum mechanics. What's kind of interesting to me is that the first video is called, it's not called, it's called Anyone Can Quantum at the End, and that's how it's known on INDB and everywhere else, but on YouTube, it's just called Stephen Hawking Faces Paul Rudd in Epic Chess Match featuring Keanu Reeves, like, it, describing exactly what it is, you know what I mean? And that video has like four and a half million views. The sequel, Quantum is Calling, only has 100,000 views. So I think the first one just got picked up by like every blog, because as I was trying to find information about like why this exists, and that's where I found out about that one collaboration thing, it just seemed like everybody was just posting like, you got to check out this video, you know what I mean? So like, I don't know why the second one didn't blow up. Just as somebody who watched these before this, because we, I don't, I didn't know about them. I might have seen them, but I definitely didn't watch them before Keanu Club. Was the first one more viral? Like, do you remember it being everywhere and they sort of had the, like the second one wasn't as big? Yes, exactly that. There's really no other way to describe it. The first one was huge and the second one was just kind of meh. So they were just sort of like around, like the first one seems like it was on like every site or whatever, like every, you know, AV Club probably posted it. And like I saw yeah, it, it on Verge and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then yeah. the second one just... I guess a few, I don't know why, like, if the first one's such a hit, it's not like it's years later. I mean, it's like six months later, it's not Paul Rudd, but you have Zoe Saldana, and you have the voice of Simon Pegg, and you also have John Cho. Like, if there's still, like, star power, like, I don't know why it wasn't bigger than it was, even if people just sort of organically finding it, you know? Yeah, I almost feel like Zoe Saldana has more sort of nerd cachet than Rudd. Like, she's in Avatar, she's in Guardians of the Galaxy, she's in Star Trek. She's like a real big, like, female role model, I feel like, in action and adventure films and stuff. So it's kind of strange that this one didn't really get the traction. And the same with the guys in it, too. Like, Simon Pegg, it's like, 
huge, like, you know, geek status and everything like that. I don't understand it. I mean, Rudd is super charming and funny and everything like that, but I think they both have their strengths, you know, that this, yeah, the second one just didn't go viral. Like, you know, it just, it just didn't hit when it needed to, perhaps. But the thing that ties both of these together, at least as far as we're concerned, is that they're both sort of just a nonstop stream at times of Keanu references. That in the first ones, let me know if I missed any, we get 700 years later, which is sort of Bill and Ted's in a way. And in both of these, Keanu is kind of the Rufus role, right? Like he's sort of this wise person ensuring that the future is not doomed by basically making an idiot in the present like the character that Paul Rudd is like the Paul Rudd that Paul Rudd is playing is just like a dummy who like needs to read quantum mechanics for babies so that he can understand what to do here but needs to guide him through this process to save the future so we have Bill and Ted's references he calls it most excellent um you know he wakes up just like Neo in the Matrix we get a dog star shout out Alex Winter himself literally pops into the video from below the screen and just says, shut up, Ted. In the second one, we have all the different names from Zoe Saldana, like Johnny Utah, Neo, Bill, or Ted. I don't know. We get a Matrix ending, too. We get a Matrix code. I mean, there's so many things here that, like, it's a little... Like, it's not as... Not that Keanu the movie is subtle, but these are just, like, slapping you in the face with, like, hey, look, it's the Matrix code. You remember Keanu was in the Matrix? Oh, yeah, this is way more blatant, I feel. <laughs> like, this is much more, like, let's remind them. You know, let's, like, let's go through sort of our greatest hits. Like, let's, you know, it's almost like a montage. Like, when you go see, or at least, like, when sometimes bands would just play, like, a medley of their hits instead of every song. You know, they'd play, like, two minutes and move on. And yeah, that's sort of what it feels. It just feels like his greatest hits. He's, like, <laughs> just referencing all of the all of his best stuff. I mean, it's great to hear, too. I'm so glad that he's willing to be down and riff on himself as well. Zoe, I can only show you the wormhole. You're the one who has to walk through it. And I was like, all right, like, that's cool. Like, that's, you know, that's a Morpheus. He's So he's Rufus and Morpheus, kind of, in these two shorts. Like, he's all of the wise mentors from past movies rolled into one and training, I, I guess, sort of, like, Paul Rudd and Zoe Saldana are, like, kind of in the Keanu roles normally, right? Yeah, it does kind of feel that way. I think that's all the notes that I have. I mean, there also is the shout-out. I think, Jess, you mentioned it at the very top. Oh, you definitely did, because we talked about it, but that Keanu says he doesn't age, which, I mean, we've seen those pictures of both Cage and Keanu. It's weird a little bit that the two guys we've done, I mean, they're both huge in terms of internet culture and memes and stuff like that, but they're both kind of got that vampire descriptor that they don't age. I mean, now we see Cage is getting older. Keanu looks arguably better than ever. So, I mean, like, that's definitely true. But I like that he sort of references not necessarily something from his movies, but like something from Internet Keanu. The only thing that they maybe could have found a way to fit in is sort of sad Keanu somehow. I don't know. I don't know how we could have had that. But I guess we had, what was the entire movie that was sad Keanu? Knock, knock. That was Generation Um, wasn't it? (laughs) Oh, right. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Generation Um was the entire, was sad Keanu meme drawn out to 90 minutes that was just garbage yeah (laughs) jess any last thoughts on any of the three things that we covered um i've got nothing i'm out there's not there's not a ton here so that's yeah i'm surprised we we were able to actually go through a lot (laughs) i feel like we were able to talk about this for a while any other notes mike or you you tapped Um, out too the only other thing i thought was kind of cool was in the in the second quantum when zoe calls paul rudd it's he it's a celery man on her phone which was a classic paul rudd tim and eric bit 
from the internet. Yes, I think I'm trying like to remember where I knew that from. Yes, mm-hmm. or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that was really cool too. There was just like a extra deep cut thrown in there. And in the first um, movie, when Keanu calls Paul Rudd, his picture is Ted. So just like yes. it's like a blurry, stretched, like sort of out of focus, but that <laughs> right. stereotypical like Ted, yep, with the with the open mouth, agape. Yep. But it's cool. I hope they, you know, I hope that they don't let the, um, like, I, I hope they, I hope just because the second one wasn't as popular, doesn't have four billion views on YouTube, that they'd stop with this series. I think it's fun and funny and it's got momentum and they could keep switching it up with different actors and then you could keep coming back with Keanu. And maybe even Keanu will show up in the flesh in, in some future installment as well. So that would be cool. Maybe, but I also feel like the reason that he's in these is because he can sit in his closet or in a studio somewhere like a minute from his house <laughs> and just like in 45 minutes be done. You know what I mean? Like, even if he's, I don't know. Like, <laughs> this looks like it was shot at Alex Winter's house in like an afternoon and probably. they all just sort of like showed up there. Which would be awesome. But it does, it does feel like Stephen Hawking's not with them. Like if they took a camera to him, but yeah, everybody else is just sort of, you know, they're on the phone or whatever. Like maybe Simon Pegg called it in or whatever, but it definitely feels like, yeah, we're all here together just hanging out, making a thing, going to put it out on YouTube. So I think, Jess, this is your last Keanu Club appearance. We only have three more regularly scheduled episodes. We have The Whole Truth, which is the last Keanu movie that we haven't that I haven't seen. We have The Neon Demon, and then we have John Wick Chapter 2. So we've got those three, and then we've got... He's in three or four other movies. And he's also got a TV show that's coming out this year that we're, where we may or may not cover, depending on really how deep into it he is. But... Jess, thank you so much for your your run here on Keanu Club. You were not on any Cage episodes. This was sort of your your entry into the Cage Club Podcast Network family. So you'll be back for future podcasts. But thank you for all your Keanu contributions. Yeah, of course. I'm glad I got to go out with a bang on this one. <laughs> with the with the three little short baby mini episodes all rolled into one. And they were better than the three long films that I watched. Oh yes. Which three were you on? Which other ones are you on? I don't... Oh, you were on Feeling Babes Minnesota. But you were, No, Babes in no. Toyland was great. Yes. I was in Babes in Toyland, The Last Time I Committed Suicide, oh, right. and Henry's Crime. Oh, right. Wait. Oh, man. What? Yeah, I thought you were Feeling Minnesota, but that was... Yeah, that, that was a triple feature from hell. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. I mean, I think some of those were, like, last-minute sort of fill-ins, because we're like, there's not a lot left, but... Well, you know, man. they did... Someone did post the extended cut of Babes in Toyland that we, you know, we could watch that extra hour and a half and do an extra episode if you're oh, up for God. it. Oh, God. I Cincinnati. No. <laughs> I come from C-I-N-C-I-N-N-A-T-I-Cincinnati. Oh, so, just wait, make me wake up. <laughs> <laughs> so for all things Keanu Club, including Jess's three past episodes, you can go to cageclub.me, facebook.com slash cageclub, or at cageclub. Club pod on Twitter. You can see all the different shows that we have, including Zack Attack, where Jess is pretty much name-checked every episode now, which is kind of the best thing. She's mentioned and referenced, and we read her emails and send hate mail about this podcast, too, to ZackAttack at CageClub.me. I don't know. We'll figure it out. I'll read it somewhere. But go to CageClub.me, Facebook.com slash CageClub, and at CageClubPod for everything that we do. I'm Joey Lewandowski. And I'm Mike Manzi. And that was Jess Collins. We'll see you next time on Keanu Club. It's me. 
Keanu. Meow.